we are back for another episode of the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. This time it's a social spotlight edition. My name is Jeff Gluck. So Mike Joy from Fox Sports has a particularly fascinating Twitter account in my view because unlike a lot of people, I feel like he goes right back at all the tough questions, all the haters. People are often critical of the TV broadcast for various reasons, and he doesn't seem afraid to answer those people's concerns um, on his Twitter account, which is MikeJoy500. I really wanted to ask him about that and about his social media use in general, so he was the guest on this week's Social Spotlight. So we're here with Mike Joy. We're at Texas Motor Speedway. Mike just got off the air, fresh out of the booth, and it's time for some questions about your social media use. Um, Mike, first of all, I, I see you a lot on Twitter. Is there any other platforms that you are active on? Um, I'm on Facebook, but it's mainly as a member of groups. One for uh, the road race car, the BMW that my son races. Uh, one for, actually there's two for vintage MGs. Uh, there's even a group on there for cars that I used to race back in the 70s in IMSA. So it's mainly mainly for the group aspects um, is why I'm on Facebook. Fox introduced us to Twitter. When Twitter was fairly new, they thought it would be a good idea for us to have an online presence. And when we saw that a lot of the teams and drivers and crew people and families were on there too, uh, and especially when we found at Daytona that we could sometimes get quicker updates of things that were happening by looking at Twitter than by chasing PR people around the pits. You know, that, that really became, uh, be, became a great platform, I, th I, think, I think, for all the Fox people. So, yeah, that's, uh, I've, I've done a couple things on Reddit, uh, but just from time to time and, and things that are scheduled. I don't, don't, have, don't have a regular presence on there. I have a family, you know, so you gotta, you got to have to spend some time uh, 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 offline. Uh, but yeah, every once in a while, if I'm in a hotel or an airport and, you know, in the evening, I'll, I'll just pop up on there and say, all right, who's, who's got questions? Who, who's looking for a little more either information or more likely explanation? Because it's hard to get into detail on the telecast. We're always moving from one story to another, from one car to another. And there are a lot of things about this sport that we know uh, are, are difficult to understand in 30 seconds of explanation. So uh, if, if people have questions, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to try to help. So, Mike, one thing I'm particularly fascinated by is your willingness, I guess, to engage with people who are sort of like mad. <laughs> Some of the angry people online, you know, they're yelling about the coverage, they're yelling about this, they're taking that on you. And instead of saying, you know, thinking to yourself, yeah, like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, I'm not even going to give this time of day, you sort of... Uh, explain a lot of what's going on why do you uh, choose to do that i think if people are better educated about why things happen in sports television particularly they'll be more tolerant when things don't always happen the way they want them to so if you explain to people then they can make an informed decision whether they're really upset about it or not and a lot of times it won't change their opinion, but at least they'll know uh, why we didn't interview their driver after a race or why we only had one or two replays 
uh, of an incident or why we keep showing one in-car camera and, and maybe you don't see so much coverage of another. All these things happen for a reason. Decisions are made and, and often, you know, at a very, very rapid pace down in that TV truck. And hopefully we come out of it, you know, with, with a really good telecast. I went home from Martinsville and watched the Fox telecast, and it wasn't the same race that I saw because I get to see the monitors and the racetrack. And there are so many battles, especially on a short track. There are so many skirmishes and so many things, and you just ha can't have a camera everywhere all the time. Um, but we really do the best we can to do a telecast that's, that's fair, first of all, and that tells the story of the race and, and shows people as much of the different competition as possible. That's our goal. And certainly some weeks maybe we're a little better at it than others, you know, but, th but that's always the effort. And, you know, we've, we've got the best people in sports television working on these shows to try to do a great job for the fan at home if they can't be at the racetrack. So when you're answering some of these questions on Twitter, is this all stuff that, you know, you know off the top of your head? Do you ever have to go sort of find the answer or ask somebody else on the crew, like, so what did happen here? Or is this stuff that's your, your personal knowledge of all of everything that happened, I guess? Yeah, it's pretty much my take on what happened and my opinion because it's my Twitter account. It's not Fox's account. So, it, yeah, so it's, it's my take on, on what happened or why it happened and trying to make it make sense. Every once in a while, somebody will tweet something at me that I just feel is just just totally outrageous, totally off the wall, and just totally not right. And so usually I'll just retweet it and put, really, question mark? And we have enough fans and we have enough people that look at the telecast in a positive light that oftentimes they will just light these people up. You know, like, why, why are you picking on Fox? Why are you picking on Mike? Why are you, you know, what, what's the matter? You're at least to try to show them that, that let's say their opinion's not widely shared. So that's, that's kind of fun to see that happen uh, from, from time to time. But I, I think if, if our fans better understand what we're doing and why, they'll enjoy the telecast better. At least that's, that's and they'll watch more. I mean, that's the hope. What does somebody have to do to get blocked by Mike Joy? Gosh, I'm not sure I've ever blocked anybody. Uh, I can think of a couple of people that I probably should have. But all I ask is that the fans, you know, just just kind of be respectful. Usually I'll get a reaction like, oh, I, I didn't know you actually replied to tweets. You know, oh, my gosh, I didn't really mean that. Um, you know, and sometimes not. Some people are very adamant about their point of view, and that's fine. That's, that's their point of view. Um, I guess... It only gets me upset when they either try to put forth their point of view as fact without knowing the facts or uh, if they start picking on people directly. Yeah, that's, that doesn't go. So how do you use Twitter or do you use it um, to help your job as far as when you're, when you're on the air? Um, do you look at it? Do you see what's going on? Do you see what PR people are saying? Or, or is, is there too much going on that you can't really incorporate that? There was a time uh, about a year ago when, when we'd glance at Twitter during a show, especially during a practice show, looking for little, you know, 
scraps of news out of the garage or things that were going on to help lead the telecast in a different direction or a more interesting direction. Uh, for a time, we were doing it during the race as well. Now, uh, Andy Jeffers, who's our stage manager, he monitors Twitter during the race, and he follows the teams, the PR people, the wives, you know, everybody, uh, the drivers, and, uh, and gets us some interesting comment there, some of which we repeat on air, some of which they actually pop the tweet up on air, uh, that kind of thing. So, so Twitter does become a part of the telecast uh, in that way. But we're just, we've got so many different things going on, and, and someday I'd like you to just kind of sit in and, and see what all that's about uh, to gain a better understanding of it for, for your readers. But there's enough going on that, no, I'm not, I'm not checking my Twitter feed during the, during the telecast. Um, not, no time for that. So I know you have a lot of people helping you, but you have to rely on the people feeding you. You may not know the, everything that's going on. So if people are yelling at you later, that information was not perhaps relayed to you. you how do you know, essentially? Well, that's true. But, you know, that's why we have talented pit reporters and their spotters down on the ground chasing those stories. Um, if Andy sees something or if, if Daryl checks his Twitter and finds something during a commercial, we'll look at it, you know, if necessary. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll get it up there. But hopefully, you know, we don't miss major stories. And quite frankly, Twitter has become uh, the place where a lot of stories break now. Um, the, the first first news, I think, in I think within NASCAR, the you know, Twitter has kind of become the place for, you know, leaks and squeaks. And a lot of stories, a lot of stories come there first and then get explored from there. Sure. So when Twitter wasn't around 10 years ago compared to now, how has that changed what you do as a broadcaster? Oh, my goodness. Uh, our job was incredibly harder because we'd have to spend a lot more time in the garage, in the media center, running back and forth. Uh, and at that time, TV, radio, print reporters... We'd all, you know, we'd all run together. You know, we'd, we'd all run around and, and, you know, I'd bump into you. Hey, what do you got? What's going on? Who have you talked to? I'd tell you. You'd tell me. Uh, we'd go in the media center, talk with somebody else. And now everybody rushes to Twitter with, you know, the first hint of a story. So, yeah, in the morning, the last thing I, that's the last thing I check before I leave the hotel and, you know, have a look at it when I, when I first get to the racetrack, see what see what's going on, see what the stories are. So it's made the job a lot easier. On the other hand, um, it means I don't spend as much time with other reporters and, and other broadcasters and writers running around because the information flow is so much easier for us now than it was then. And also, I suppose, in some ways, thinking about what you're saying as, as you're saying it here, it, the fans can see everything just like we can. You know, if some reporter has a hint of a story, they all see it at the same time in real time. So, you know, TV could be two minutes behind Twitter and they're like, yeah, we already know that. You know what I mean? Yes, but as a medium, it's completely different. You know, the job of the telecast is to tell the story and give the news of what happened during that practice session, that qualifying session, that race, and and put it together in a way that informs, educates, and entertains. You know, Twitter strips a lot of that away, you know, just to the bare essence of the 140 characters, and a lot of times 
It's the drivers directly or the crew chiefs or the car owners directly who are on there with their comments. And that's just pure and unvarnished. And I think that's where professional athletes, not just in racing, have really embraced Twitter because it's them getting their thoughts out there. And they're not subject to interpretation by a PR person or a writer or a broadcaster before they get to the fan. Where do you think this is all going next? Um, obviously, the NASCAR industry is pretty heavily on Twitter at this point. Um, if you're if you're not, I mean, the, one of the few that wasn't was Carl Edwards, is he, and he's not even racing anymore. But pretty much everybody's on there. Pretty much everybody's looking at it. What's the next evolution of this, do you think? I think I think the best way to look at Twitter is to look at Dale Jr. Dale Jr. had a Twitter account, never made a tweet, had half a million followers. Then he finally gets on Twitter and he starts having fun with it. And now he's selling JeffGluck.com hats on Twitter that don't exist. I mean, so we're having a great time. I think that the ability of Twitter for the athlete or celebrity to connect directly to the fans with a certain amount of direct connection both ways from the fans' tweets and the athletes' tweets, um, but still maintaining distance between the athlete and the fan. I think that's a great model. I think it works really, really well. The next step would be having that athlete's cell number or email address, and, and that probably just gets just a little too direct. Uh, for for people to deal with, especially people that have half a million followers. So I I think we're in a really good place. You know, the the athletes and and entertainers and celebrities, they can share, uh, they can read the comments back, they they can emote, they can have a very direct connection um, with their closest fans, and everybody enjoys it. Everybody wins. Thank you so much for joining us. Certainly. Anytime. There you have it. Lots of respect for Mike Joy think he's one of the all-time NASCAR media legends Um, his voice his presence uh, the level of respect that he has uh, really admire him and all that he's been able to accomplish throughout his career as I mentioned on the 12 questions podcast with Daniel Suarez yesterday I'm all caught up on the patron shout outs at the moment so I don't have any shout outs to give this week However, uh, I will take this opportunity to mention that if you start your Amazon shopping with the link jeffgluck.com slash Amazon, you could actually help my website out. So I'd appreciate it next time you're shopping on Amazon for whatever you need. The next podcast is going to be post-race Bristol. Now, I'm not sure when that's going to be given the forecast for this weekend. If you guys haven't seen it, not too great, especially for Sunday. So uh, if that's a particularly late race, if it gets moved tonight, that podcast may not come out until sometime Monday. I'm going to have to drive back to Charlotte three and a half hours after that. So it might be better if I just hit the road after I'm done writing instead of sit there for a few hours and do podcast stuff. But it will be out sometime next week and appreciate you checking that out as always. So talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.